Welcome to episode 16. In this episode, we talk about what is imposter syndrome and how pretty much everyone has experienced it at some time in their life and how to overcome it. My guest today is Sam Burgess. She is a certified life and business coach and content marketing expert. Sam is the founder of Small and Mighty Co., a holistic coaching business and marketing consulting specializing in empowering small and mighty creatives to work smarter and live better. This is an awesome episode. Make sure you stay tuned. So the big question is how do ambitious people like us who grew up listening to the old advice of go to school, work hard for 40 years and retire when you're old, create a life today that is meaningful, abundant, healthy and brings joy while also leading a life that is productive and full of achievement? That is the question and this is the podcast that will help give you the answers that you're searching for. My name is Del Denny and welcome to the Upgrade Your Life podcast. All right, Sam, welcome to the Upgrade Your Life podcast. I'm really excited to have you on our podcast. And Sam, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Del. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, So yeah, I'm based in London in the UK, and I'm a holistic life and business coach. And when I talk about uh, taking a holistic approach is that I look at uh, your life and your business as a whole, as I mainly work with creative entrepreneurs. And as most of us that are self-employed know that our life and our business are very much kind of intertwined. They're a bit of a mesh with each other. So I support creative entrepreneurs to work better, live smarter and beat overwhelm. I I love that topic and it hits home to me in so many ways. How did you get into uh, this industry? How did you become and, you know, how did you get into NLP? How did you get into helping business owners and, and just people in general getting over that overwhelm? Totally. Um, so I have always been like a helper. I think some people just are like, I I use personality types with clients and I'm an INFJ, which means that I'm uh, I'm very much a feeling creative person. Um, I'm known as the advocate. I like to fight for what's right and support people. And everything I've ever done um, in my career, I've had quite a a varied career, worked in retail for 15 years. Everything's always been very people focused um, and helping others. And I, my self-employed career has been a bit of a a twisty, turny one. But in a nutshell, I started up my own business five years ago. I first started in social media and marketing and was helping creatives with their social media. And I started to identify that uh, with helping them because I was mentoring rather than doing it for them. I was sort of setting them goals and suggesting things that they did uh such as you know be more present on instagram stories reach out to journalists for pr opportunities and they were going yeah yeah, i will sam yeah i will i will i will and then they weren't doing it and it's with time that i started to realize the reason they weren't doing it is because they lacked self-belief and they were frightened of putting themselves out there so with that, I realized there's no point taking people on um, and giving them a list of like marketing tasks to do if I can't help them understand the why they need to do it and help them actually believe in themselves and give themselves the confidence to take that step forward and really step into themselves. Um, so that was kind of where the, the NLP part came from. And so I trained it to become a certified NLP practitioner so that I could support my current clients with helping them take that step forward into their marketing 
but then that's just since evolved and now I have a sort of more general life and business coaching with some marketing as well on the side because there are so many like different things when it comes to running your own business just having someone also to bounce ideas off Um, and I know that for me taking my business a step further it was all about working with a coach and I know how valuable that is to grow my business and therefore it just I've now I can feel like I can preach about it because I've experienced it and I can see the benefits of working with a coach myself for sure you know I I coach and I also have coaches and and I think any (laughs) I think anybody that's successful out there always has a coach you know I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all but I think there, you know, you have, you know, I speak and so I've got a coach for my speaking and, you know, I've had a coach for leadership and, and this and that and the other. And so I really love speaking to you because you bring a very unique flavor, I guess, to say when it comes to this. And our topic today is really on imposter syndrome. And that seems like kind of a, a buzzword today. I don't think a lot of people know what imposter syndrome is. Uh, but can you tell us a little bit about this topic that we're going to move with uh, going forward today? Absolutely. So imposter syndrome, um, it's been given a, a title um, and it, it's something that many of us do suffer with. It is something that affects women more than men, uh, but essentially it's, it's the feelings of inadequacy and uncertainty. Um, and that tends to come about where we're stepping out of our comfort zone and we're doing something that's a bigger, a bigger role in our lives. Um, so it could be uh, when you're working for yourself, and you're wanting to teach something or even it can come down to like charging uh, and pricing your services it could be well I I can't charge that much because I'm not really worth that Uh, and it's essentially this feeling like we're going to be unmasked as the fraud at any moment in time and you get this like nagging voice in the back of your head that says like you don't deserve to be here and you've got no idea what you're talking about and they're going to find out that you don't really know what you're doing and it's feeling like you don't you shouldn't be doing what you're doing and essentially that somebody is going to unmask you as a fraud. Mm. Sam why do you think that women feel more that way than men it's a, a interesting thought so what do you what do you think that is why do you think that is? Do you know what? There is probably some science behind why women feel it more than men, but it does seem to come down from my experience anyway, working with female clients that we tend to, it's almost a society driven thing where women feel that they should be taking a step back. And it's almost Mm. like built into us that we aren't worthy of taking up that space. And it can come, imposter syndrome can come from from childhood um, and the fact that we might uh, not identify uh, what our role is going to be as we grow up. And it, it can come from a place where, you know, it's like you're constantly being told things, especially as a child, like, don't be too loud, don't be too quiet, don't do this, don't do that. You know, we're always constantly put in all these little boxes and, and told to kind of take a step back and, uh, you know, don't speak out of turn, don't be too vocal. Um, you know, school doesn't like that. You know, boys don't like that. You know, girls especially mm-hmm. get kind of pushed into this box, and it can it can come from from that from childhood, but it does seem to just be that women seem to lack that little bit of confidence in themselves, um, which not all men, and it's being very general. Um, not all men don't suffer with imposter syndrome. There are men out there that do, but it seems to me that men have a little bit more confidence in the workplace and they're less affected by what other people think of them. And you tend to see women care a lot more about others 
uh, and they think about everybody else apart from themselves as well and that's what where that can kind of stem from is that they just they don't feel like they are the best gotcha so when i uh, that totally makes sense to me so understanding imposter syndrome is important so tell us a little bit more about imposter syndrome and ways that we can overcome it uh, because I know this does affect everybody, whether, whatever degree it may be, mm-hmm. you know, we're all affected, you know, men or women. Um, so tell us about a little bit more about imposter syndrome and how can we overcome that? So imposter syndrome um, often kind of stems from the fact that we don't believe other people think the same way we do. And that might sound really, really strange, but it, if you put it in its simplest terms, as a child, when you looked at an adult, you couldn't ever imagine that adult being a child. You just couldn't see it. You couldn't look at your mom and think, oh, she knew what it was like to be eight. Like you just, you can't make that connection. And it's ultimately realizing that other people are exactly like us. You know, we are all the same, even though we know ourselves from the inside um, and we only know others from the outside, but what they say and what they do, ultimately, we are all the same and everybody's minds work in the same way. Everybody has moments of anxiety. Everybody has moments of uncertainty. And as soon as you kind of start to make that realization that other people also have those fears and celebrities have spoken out about it as well. Like, um, you know, me saying men don't suffer from it. Albert Einstein is one of the most famous men Hmm. that has suffered with imposter syndrome. He said that he was an involuntary swindler. Like the, everything that he'd come up with, it was like, I don't know how this happened. Like they're going to realize that I'm fucking out my bum here. Like this is, this isn't, this isn't really the truth. Michelle Obama has spoken out about having it. Um, it's, it's something that a lot of people suffer with. And when you start to make that realization that other people feel the way you do, and especially if you look to people who are really successful or have been very successful and that you respect, that can really help make that connection in your mind of, huh they think that too. They also think that they're, they're not worthy or they, they have suffering with this feeling that they're going to be on masters of fraud. And well, they're really smart. And I think they're really smart. You can start to make that connection with yourself. That actually, we all have these feelings of uncertainty and, um, they, they come down to when you want to kind of put it in a nutshell, someone's thinking, well, I don't know if I suffer with imposter syndrome. It ultimately comes down to the feelings of anxiety, uh, feelings of perfectionism, um, self-doubt, uh, and that fear of failure as well. You tend to find people who are perfectionists or highly ambitious. People are the ones that are more likely to suffer with imposter syndrome. Mm, that, that totally makes sense. Cause as you're saying this, I'm like, you know, I, as a guy, I'm, I'm pretty confident in myself, but as you're saying this, like, yes, uh, I do have anxiety. Yes, I am ambitious, but I do fail sometimes like, oh my gosh, maybe, maybe I do have this stuff. So, but at the same time, I feel a little comfort you saying, you know, Albert Einstein had this, Michelle Obama had this, all these high level people like, okay, well that's, that's some good company, I guess. I'm (laughs) so how do I, how do I work around that? How do I overcome these things then? Okay, so the first thing you need to do is you need to find your gremlin. Okay, so we all have this negative voice in our heads, um, our gremlins that will tell us things like you're a fraud or it was pure luck. That You didn't work for that. It was luck. That's a big one that I hear from clients as well. They don't believe that the effort that they put in 
is actually something that they've achieved. Um, it was just down to luck. It was a fluke. It was a good day. You know, it was an opportunity that just, oh, I don't know what happened. They must have had a cancellation when they called me and asked me to do that speaking event. Like, I don't know why they'd have called me. Um, it's That's your gremlin talking to you, this negative voice that's in your head. The most powerful thing you can do is to call out the negative voice, the gremlin. Um, give him or her a name uh, and speak to them. And I know this probably sounds a little bit crazy, but talk to them. So when you're getting that negative voice, try and make sense of the voice that you're getting. So if, if it's saying to you, you're a fraud, answer it back. Why am I a fraud? Like, tell, tell me, give me the reasons why I am a fraud. Why am I not good enough? Um, and actually speak to it. And if you can give it like a silly name as well, like that can help as well. I have negative Nancy. Um, negative Nancy pops into my head. And she, you know, even though I'm a coach, I wouldn't say that, you know, I'm totally cured of imposter syndrome. I'm a lot better than I was five years ago, where it was quite crippling at times. Now she will pop into my head every now and then. And I will be sat down maybe to sit with a new client. And negative Nancy will pop into my head and be like, oh, this is the client that's going to unmask you as a fraud. She's going to be the one that's going to say, ha ha, you're not qualified to be doing this. And I have to say to Nancy, well, why would it be this client? Why, why this client? Nobody else has ever said that. Well, five years ago, I'd have been like, oh, she's right. She's mm. right. This is going to be the client that's going to, to spot that I don't know. I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, but you have to kind of... Uh, it can help as well to draw the gremlin out. That can be really helpful. And I've done that with clients before is to try and identify where that voice comes from. And some people will realize it's a parent. It could be a teacher from school. It's things that you've been programmed with in the past. Um, and if you've had quite pushy parents, for example, who've really pushed you to be your best, sometimes you can find that that voice in your head, you might not even realize it, but it could be your mom or your dad or, or a teacher at school that um, is, is trying to push you on so if you can identify who it is and shut it down it takes time but eventually you'll be able to get more of a control over that feeling of anxiety uh, and then on the flip side you want to find your your cheerleader so that's essentially yourself so it, it's the battle of your ego in your mind is that you've got this negative voice saying you're not capable and then you've got yourself and you are your cheerleader and you're going to kind of put them head to head really it's the most bizarre thing to imagine these two voices in your head shouting at each other but we all have those little voices that talk to each other and talk to us and you kind of put them together uh, and get them and start calling out your limiting beliefs so like for me my cheerleader is me so when negative Nancy's saying you know, this is the client that's going to call you out as a fraud. And I say, well, why would it be this client, Nancy? Why, why this one? Why not, you know, the other 15 I spoke to this week? Why is it this one that's going to call me out? Start calling out those limiting beliefs um, and trying to shut them down. Mm, I, I, you know, it's funny. I, I saw this happen the other day. I was watching a Netflix special on Taylor Swift. She has a, a new uh, mm -hmm. documentary. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but I haven't seen it. I want to though. <laughs> I, I thought it was absolutely fascinating. I, I have like so much more respect for Taylor Swift after watching this video. And there was this interesting uh, little segment that she had, she was coming out of her house and she got into her car and she was talking about her self image problems. She has, mm -hmm. you know, she's very, very skinny, but, she has this body image problem and she said years ago she would get, go down this rabbit hole of looking at herself in uh in the media and seeing pictures of herself 
and she would start, well, I guess I need to eat less now. I have just a little bit of flab right there. I got to stop doing these things. And then she said, you know, today we don't do that. Like talking about herself, she's kind of addressing the gremlin. We don't do that anymore. And I I thought, wow, that, what a, what a good mindset to kind of third party it, take yourself out look at the overview and think we don't do that anymore. We, we just keep on moving forward. We don't care what those pictures look like. Yes. I love that. It's a fantastic example of calling out the gremlin and making it a third party. It, it's stopping. It's sort of saying to yourself, no, that's not really me. It's not really me. And that's exactly what she's saying. We don't, we don't do that anymore. Like we've made an agreement that we're not going to do that anymore. And I love that. That is such a great example. I'm definitely going to watch the documentary now. <laughs> it, it, it is so good. So how can you, how can you get that cheerleader? I didn't, I know some people, but you, let's use Taylor Swift for an example. Um, you know, she was struggling there for a few years. So how do you, how do you cultivate that cheerleader on your shoulder? So to speak, how do you get, how do you get that positive self-talk going? So, one of the biggest things that you can do is to work with somebody to help you overcome it. And it can be very difficult to overcome it on your own. It's not impossible, but it definitely helps to have an actual physical cheerleader in your corner, helping you call yourself out because it can be very difficult to, to call out your own issues and your own limiting beliefs. And you, sometimes you do need somebody to support you such as a coach who will help you overcome yours. I know that I probably wouldn't have overcome my imposter syndrome if it wasn't for the coach that I worked with at the time who really helped call it, call it out. But some of the key things that I get clients to do and some of the things that they got me to do um, is look at the positives. So look at all the things you've achieved and what's gone right. Don't start trying to pick holes in it, um, but look at everything that you have achieved and what you have done. Um, if you have client testimonials or you have reviews, uh, whether, you know, if you're a product-based business, you might have reviews online. If you're a service-based business, you might have got Google reviews or testimonials from clients. Read them. Read them to yourself. Um, they are really, really powerful. And that was one of the things that my coach made me do was, she made me print out all of the reviews I had from clients and I used to stand in front of the mirror and read them out to myself over Ooh. and over again. That's powerful right there. <laughs> That's really good stuff right there. It was really good though. Like I would have to look in the mirror and be like, Sam, you are an amazing marketing consultant. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have achieved X, Y, Z. And at first, not gonna lie, I felt so uncomfortable. <laughs> I like such and I'm British, so come on, we find these things even harder. <laughs> to look in the mirror and compliment myself was particularly challenging. But it is so powerful to start calling out those limiting beliefs because the more positive things you say to yourself, the more likely you are to believe them. Your words turn into action. And if you constantly tell yourself, whether that be negative Nancy or you actually saying aloud to yourself when you've made a mistake, oh, you're such a moron or you're such an idiot, you start to really believe the things that you are saying. So the most powerful thing you can do is be really kind to yourself. Talk to yourself like a friend. Start coaching yourself. And when that negative voice comes up, that bully, because that's essentially what the gremlin is. It, it is your bully. It's your ego that is trying to stop you from doing anything where you could make a mistake. That is what the ego is trying to do. It's saying, no, 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 no. You're not going to go and do a talk. You're not going to walk out on that stage. You might make an idiot of yourself. And we can't have that. We can't have that happen. But your ego is to a certain extent trying to keep you safe. But the best things come from outside of our comfort zone. So you have to turn around and say, no, 
it could go wrong, but it will be a learning experience. If it did go wrong, I will learn from that experience and I'm going to do it anyway. And that's how you start to cultivate that belief. And one of the examples I can give you is I have a driving anxiety. I really don't like driving. I live in London and I absolutely hate driving in London. And unfortunately, the longer I've lived here, the more I've driven here, rather than getting better, it got worse. And I started Mm. to get really bad anxiety about going anywhere. Parking is a nightmare in London. I'd had an accident as well. And I stopped driving. I just sold my car and stopped driving. I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing this. And I recently had to get a car again and start driving. And when I do a journey, does it, if, every time I drive, even it's just like five minutes to the supermarket, like I will still, when I get there and I part, I will say aloud to myself in the car, well done, Sam. I'm really proud of you. And I will talk to myself as if I was with a friend who had just achieved something I knew she found was really scary. And I will say, well done, Sam. I'm really, really proud of you. And that's it. That's all I have to say to myself. And I sometimes I might pick it apart and say, you know what? That was a really ch- tricky junction and you did really well and you dealt with that. And you aren't you, you know, aren't you smart? And to a certain extent, almost talk to myself a little bit like a child, like really remind myself that I did a good job. Um, and that has built my confidence up enormously by giving myself a little pep talk. So ultimately, that's what you kind of have to do is is remind yourself that the reason the gremlin is trying to stop you is because he doesn't want you to, or she doesn't want you to do something where you could make a mistake or you could fail. Um, But the best things come from outside of our comfort zone. And ultimately, that's how we grow as people and as entrepreneurs is by pushing ourselves that little bit further. Mm, I like that. I, I I think about that. Self talk is something that I found very very valuable in my career, and it's no matter who we are and what level we're at, it's so easy to slip into some negative self talk, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so easily, and we are we are our harshest critic, and especially as entrepreneurs, you know we are to a certain extent cut from the same cloth where we all have very similar tendencies, which is why we have become entrepreneurs and why we have the drive and the determination and the ability to work for ourselves and not just sit at home and watch Netflix all day, which I know there are people out there that don't have the drive and the determination. And if mm-hmm. you said, hey, you don't have to go to work anymore, you can sit at home, they probably wouldn't get a great deal done. Um, <laughs> well, so we tend to be harsh on ourselves. <laughs> we are. And and what I've noticed this in myself and many people I've worked with is that, you know, we, we don't celebrate our wins very often. No. We, we just brush them off, but we dwell on the failures and we, and it chips away at us. And that little inner voice just chips away at us. And so I can see how imposter syndrome is easy just to easy to creep right into our minds right there. So I, I love what you said about, you know, as you get to the supermarket and you say, Hey, well done, Sam. Hey, you're, you're celebrating that when you got there. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that I now do like with, with my clients as well. Um, when for me personally, as a coach, when I've had a really good session, um, or even if I haven't had a particularly amazing session, uh, when I write my notes during my session, I write at the bottom of my notes, what went really well for me. What did I do well? So it could be, you know, Sandra went really off track and I managed to bring her back to the point. Or uh, I managed to go through a laddering technique with Tom and we managed to get to the real limiting belief that he had just so that I can remind myself what I've done well. Because if I don't do that and I don't make a note of the things that have gone well, if one bad thing happens, 
then that's the thing that I will dwell on. Oh, well, I had that session with Mary and, you know, it didn't go very well. You know, and that will be the thing that I'll play over and over and over in my mind. And that's what a lot of us do because we don't make a note of the good stuff. Mm-hmm. We never we never pay attention to the good stuff. We just remember the bad stuff. We remember the email we forgot to reply to. We remember the opportunity that perhaps we, we passed up when we shouldn't have. You know, we don't we don't look at the stuff that we do really well on a day to day basis. So, you know, some people really benefit from a gratitude journal or just literally writing down at the end of every day three things that happened that day that went well. And it could be I ticked everything off on my to do list. Like give yourself some credit for the stuff that we do, because we don't have bosses. We don't have reviews. And as much as, you know, I, especially here in the UK, we all moan about the system that we have for reviews when it comes to corporate jobs where, you know, once a year you sit down for your annual Mm -hmm. appraisal and it's like, Oh my God, here we go. (laughs) Like what score am I going to get? But sometimes you would come out of that actually thinking, "Ah, I'm actually pretty good at my job. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Check me out. Sometimes you'd come out thinking my boss is an idiot, but (laughs) <laughs> we would go through that process while now we have no appraisal. Nobody is is saying, you know what, you did a really good job with that project or you did a really good job managing so-and-so or this client, they wrote into us and said how happy they are with the service you have provided them. We don't have any of that anymore. So we have to be our kind of biggest cheerleaders as well as our biggest critics. And so many of us don't take the time to to cheer ourselves and say hey you know what well done and don't be you know if you get to inbox zero you know have a little celebration sit at your your desk and punch the air and say yes you know I've done it I got through all my emails it might seem really trivial but these little things are those positive self-talk that will, will slowly add up and make you feel more capable as a business person than you did when you didn't say all of these things for sure. And, and one thing I've learned through the years is uh, evening re- reflection, being at the mm-hmm. end of the night thinking, all right, Del, what what went really well today? What's something that we can celebrate today? And mm-hmm. I, I found that's really helped as well because that reflection at the end of the night, of it adds a little bit of gratitude and allows you to just to calm down at the end of the night thinking, hey, there's one area that really crushed that today. I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I've, I found that's helped me out quite a bit too. I love that. That's and that's a really positive way to reflect during your day. I quite like having I run a done list rather than just a to-do list. Um because mm. quite often I do things that aren't even on my to-do list. Um so I have a done list. So everything that's on the list, whether I've already done it, I'll still write it on. And I've already done it today. Like I had a couple of emails to reply to and I've writ- I hadn't had them on my list because I just did it, but I've written them on the list and ticked them off just so that I can see at the end of the day what I achieved that day. Um, to help but it's all those little blocks of things that build your confidence because otherwise you can get to the end of the day and if one bad thing happens that can be the thing that you'll just put up well I didn't do anything today nothing was good today only that one bad thing happened when actually you did like 40 really good things and got a lot of things done and you're actually very capable at what you do but now all you can think about is that one bad thing because you've got no physical evidence to reflect on and it's amazing how our brains can just go to this space of like it just becomes vacant <laughs> Mm-hmm. We can't remember any good stuff. <laughs> I, it's it's so easy to have that negative Nancy just creep into your mind. It's, mm-hmm. She slips in there when you're not even looking. She does. She does. And she, I mean, she loves nothing more than to come out from underneath her rock and give me a hard time and be like, ha, 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 told you so, told you so. Um, so I have to shut her down. But 
the more you do this, you know, the more it, it, it gets easier. So if there's anybody listening who, who's really suffering with imposter syndrome and it's like, God, if I do anything to get rid of that constant feeling of inadequacy and this constant feeling like a fraud and that, you know, oh, I'm not very good at what I do. I just kind of like get away with it. Um, you need to shut her down and it will, you know, she'll never go away forever. Um, that, that will always be a part of your personality, but you will be able to get a handle on it and you won't let her run your life anymore. And that's ultimately where I try to get my clients to. I can't rid anybody of imposter syndrome, but I can stop the gremlin running your life and preventing you from taking steps forward in your career um, because you're being held back by this this negative, um, self-limiting belief that you hold about yourself that you're not good enough. I love it. Um, Sam, I've got a question for you. I, I ask every single one of our guests on the show this question, and it goes like this. It says, okay. if you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old mm-hmm. self, <clears throat> what advice would you give yourself for reaching your full potential? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, 18. Goodness gracious. Um. I would tell myself that she needs to listen to what she wants and not listen to what everybody else wants for her. Um, And I was definitely a kind of a, I was in a situation where I had a lot of pressure from a lot of outside sources, like parents, peers, everybody kind of seemed to know what they wanted to do or knew what they thought was best for me. Um, And I would say that to my 18 year old self, it would be very much just, Stay focused on what you want. And I knew at that time, at 18, I really, really wanted to work in retail. Really, really wanted to work in retail. Something I was very passionate about. um, And I wanted to pursue a career in that direction. And everyone was trying to push me into doing different things. Uh, And it took me a few years before I kind of, I guess, rebelled. I say that in inverted commas. And decided to do what I wanted to do. And I do, in hindsight, wish that I'd done it a little bit sooner. Um, So I would say... That would be my advice to my 18-year-old self would be focus on what you want and try and ignore the noise around you. They, they think they know what's best for you, but they don't. That's solid advice right there. Sam, how, how can we get to know you better? Where can we find you at online? Uh, how can we reach out to you? Instagram is probably the best place to find me. I'm at Sam Burgess UK on Instagram. Regularly show up there on IGTV and stories. I'm terrible at remembering to post in my feed. I'm much more a video person, so you can find me on IGTV and stories. And you can hit me up on my website, smallandmighty.co. Um, and I've got a bunch of free resources on there. Um, there is the email challenge, which is a seven-day overwhelm overhaul. If you are feeling overwhelmed, finding yourself procrastinating, not getting anything done because you have so much to do, then I have a seven-day email, uh, one one email a day course with some top tips on how to be overwhelmed. And there's some other awesome resources on there as well, like the power of saying no. So many of us never say no, and we need to say no. And there's a whole ebook on how to say no without offending anybody and take back control of your life. They can all be found on my website. Awesome stuff. I'm going to have to do the seven day challenge. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, all right. Well, Sam, Hey, thank you for coming on the upgrade your life podcast. I learned a lot today. I, uh, I got to make sure I keep that negative Nancy out of my life and address it. <laughs> so I, I thank you for coming on the show. No trouble. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure chatting with you.
Well, that's it, my friends. Thanks so much for being with us this week. Do you have some feedback that you'd like to share? Well, please leave a note in the comments section below. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with your friends and don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes to get automatic episode updates of the Upgrade Your Life podcast. And finally, please take a minute to leave us an honest review and ratings on iTunes. They really help us out when it comes to the ranking of the show. And I make it a personal point to read every single one of those reviews that we get. So please leave a review. I appreciate it and thanks for listening.